Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. We should have been playing that Powerball. Right. Could have split $2 billion. Did I see somewhere that one person won it? Somebody in California won it. You know, it's going to come out that it's somebody who was already rich, right? Probably. They're just going to be like, oh, good. Now I can put oh. this into my investment account and move on. I mean, the funny thing is they live in California, so they just won a billion dollars and now they can, like, pay off their house and be broke. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't even imagine. Like, okay, after taxes and stuff, it's probably... Like what was it supposed to be like nine hundred and fifty million would have been the take home. Like sure. I can't even can't even wrap my head around how much money that is. It's enough money that you would be able to take a a major chunk of it and put it into some kind of an account and then just live off the interest from that account and then still have a bunch more money that you just wouldn't know what to do with. Yeah. I would personally, I would get a lot of money in cash and I would just like give it to people just to see the look on their faces. <laughs> would just be like, just tip, yeah. the t- tip the Tim Hortons girl, just give her like a hundred bucks and say, keep the change for your $2 and five cent coffee. Just yeah. like, All right. Well, I couldn't do that because we don't have a Tim Hortons around here. Um, oh, shit. You should get one. If you had that kind of money, you could get a Tim Hortons. Yeah, I could just buy one and just build it. My own personal one. No one else is allowed to use it. That's honestly that might be what I would do. Just it's <laughs> like a little Tim Hortons booth in my backyard, just manned by one guy, just on the end of my yeah. deck, and I just walk out there. And... It'd be fun. Like, look, look, this is gonna be a real easy job. There may be some days where I don't want anything from Tim Hortons, <laughs> so this gonna be an easy day for you. People would be like, you know, we have like Uber Eats and shit here, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> takes too long that's that's not ridiculous enough (laughs) the guy in the backyard's like yeah i show up i make a shit ton of coffee he doesn't come out of the house so at the end of the day i just throw all this coffee out that's that's my job well it would just be one pot of coffee and then replace it every they're supposed to replace it every 20 minutes so Every 20 minutes for 24 hours a day because you never know. At that point, I'm not getting up for work so I can have caffeine whenever I want. Right. Not worried about getting stuck up late. Uh, but, the, but then that's the bad news for the guy. You're you're like, hey, it's three in the morning. Where's my damn coffee? Why aren't you with, at, at the hut, at the backyard hut? 
Well, there'd have to be like a like eight hour shifts, so there'd be up three employees rotating. <laughs> then like some part timers on backup <sighs> for if one of those guys gets sick. You know that guy that won the two billion dollar lottery? Yeah. Spent, uh... <laughs> spent it all on just having his morning coffee. He's still having to go to work. But <laughs> I think I would buy a movie theater and just turn it into a retro movie theater. Just show whatever I wanted to watch. With that kind of money too, that you could like finance movies. If there's people you know that want to make movies, like figure out how to get into yeah. that world and like if there's a movie that you think should get made that nobody else will finance, you just do it. Oh no, trust me, I know plenty. Plenty of filmmakers who yeah. I think have a great idea, but they're like, I can't make this for anything less than a million dollars. Nobody's gonna give me a million dollars to make it. I could have just been like, make twenty of them. Yeah. I'll make all that money back on Saturday through interest. What do you do, Noah? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to hear something fun? Yeah. So I hit record. We started this call. Yeah. And I just looked and it had stopped recording about six minutes in. It still says Brian is recording the call on my end. Yeah, I, I literally just restarted. Oh. Well, Brian, why don't you see. fill the listeners in on everything that we said while it was not recording? Go. Uh, th- this movie is fucking weird. It's got some crazy editing, lots of meth. Uh, every, everybody who's in this movie is somebody you've seen in another movie, and they're really good in this movie. And Noah's hung out with a lot of meth heads. <laughs> a lot of methods. Um, so many methods. So we'll just say uh, we were smoking too much meth and the recording got messed up. It can happen, you know. Yeah, but I think it's worth talking about again the fact that how did all these famous people get in this movie? I don't get this it. This dude I do not understand had Hollywood no experience making movies. No. There was this weird window in the post, like, like after the like sort of indie craze of the 90s. Then there was this weird craze of like, well, we're not just going to let random people make movies anymore. That was silly. First, you direct a music video. Then we give you a much larger budget to make a movie than any of those indie people in the 90s would have got. And that's how we're solving that problem. And these types of movies came out of it. So, I mean, that's obviously like you can. We've talked about the constant. I don't know if we have, to be honest, because I don't know what got recorded. But there's the constant like cutting and editing is very music video style and it's applicable to a movie like this. But we've seen lots of them try to apply that type of two and a half minute filmmaking into a feature film. And I don't know if it really works that often, but there was a time when people just assumed it would. Uh, so some interesting notes. Spun made over forty-two million dollars in home video rentals in in the first three months of release. It's, it's alone. Jesus, Jesus Christ! You know, you know what that is? That's fucking meth heads renting it and then forgetting to return it. Just tons and tons <laughs> of late fees. Uh, also, you know what? Like it was on. 
could start arguing against that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leguizamo was supposed to be completely naked when he did his masturbation scene, but he refused to do it. So that's what? why he did the sock. Thank goodness. That would have been just horrific if his dick was just out. Um. Oh, all, <laughs> the wrestling federation he was watching was the Juggalo Championship Wrestling. It was the Insane Clown Posse's Wrestling Federation. Yeah. See, that, the, that, makes, was... that makes even more sense for math. Yeah. Oh, all all those shit, clips man. were from the same thing from the same organization. Yeah. Okay. I thought they were from different uh, organizations. Nope. Same organization, different matches. Right. Uh Madonna, Madonna was supposed to play the Debbie Harry role, but she had to back out due to scheduling conflicts with her uh North American tour. Okay. I think this guy, this director did some Madonna videos. So, oh. I don't. Hollywood's a weird place, man. Like, what's weirder? The meth heads who just like hang out in these like rundown shithole houses and tweak all day, or the fact that Hollywood is just like full of millionaires who just give this guy money to make a movie? Like, <laughs> what's the more logical, rational group of people between those two? Oh, I'm sorry, Billy Corrigan was in this one too. He did like all the music, but then he also yeah. has a small cameo. That's correct. Yeah, there's nothing on the trivia about how how this dude gets so many people to be in this movie. I was gonna say Billy Corgan doing an acoustic cover of "Number of the Beast" by Iron Maiden is one of the most surreal things that has ever happened on film. It's pretty cool. Actually, it's a pretty cool song. Like it, it really works, and I don't know why it works yeah. within the context of the film, but it does. You wouldn't think it would, considering how kinetic the rest of the movie is, and then you take a song like that and slow it down. I, I definitely felt like this is definitely a movie from that time. Like you definitely, I feel like get a good timestamp. Oh yeah, yeah. If this I, movie. I could this movie. I would say the same with the next one. Like it. You didn't have to say that they're from 2002. I already knew. Like, it's... Yeah. Um, it's just, like, a lot of late 90s music. Billy Corrigan, of course. Uh, and then just sort of, yeah, just the general vibe. Yeah, the, the like look you said, the feel. We, yeah, we were coming out of that, like, 90s, like, independent movie era. And there was still some, like, sputterings of people trying to do stuff like that. And this is very much seems like... Like we said, he's a music video director and is like, oh, everybody loves working with this guy. Let's let's see if he wants to do a movie. And this is kind of what he comes up with. And they're like, holy shit. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think they were trying to. They were the studios wanted to find the next big indie director, and this was what they thought was the way to do it was through music videos, probably because I want to say because of David Fincher, because didn't he get his start in music videos? Mm hmm. And he would have been coming up at this time, right? He had a couple of his first couple of movies were in the 90s. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's where this idea of like, let's give music video directors a giant cast. And I think some of it, too, is like I think in Hollywood, if you just get along with people, you can get them to come be in your movie if they only need to be there for like a day or two because they're just like happy to do it. 
Stooge is still making music videos, too. <laughs> Somebody's still making music videos? Weird. Yeah. He just directed a Madonna music video in 2019. Huh. Madonna's still alive? <laughs> and an Ozzy Osbourne music video the same year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> of of all that, Madonna's still alive and music videos are still being made are way more shocking to me than Ozzy's still alive because I don't think he's still that guy. <laughs> Him and Keith Richards share a soul. For I some mean, reason. I was going to say, I've seen Ozzy walking around and I'm still not 100% convinced he's alive. Well, look, I, I just said he's not dead. I didn't say he was alive. There's there's a gray area somewhere where Ozzy exists. <laughs> and it works perfectly with his uh, whole aura. So I'm down for it. Uh, what do we think of that Frisbee kid? That... He was creepy and weird. He's more of what I think of as a meth head, though. He's the one that looked and acted the most like a meth head to me from all these people. Because there are some like minor issues in both of these movies where it's like, like John Leguizamo is a great example of like, oh, this guy's like a tweaker man. He lives in this rundown house. And then they strip off all his clothes for some reason. And you're like, when does he leave his tweaker house to go to the gym for two and a half hours a day? Because he's in perfect shape and it's kind of like it pulls you out of the movie a little bit. And like all the girls are like pretty attractive. Like, you know, it's 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 a bit of an issue when it comes to that. You're like, I don't know if this is what real tweakers look like. I feel like Mina Savari did a good job, though. She got she herself did, yeah. some some fake teeth to make her teeth look all jacked yeah. up. and yeah. She looked like she had been... Uh, she would run through the ringer. So, yeah, she did a much better job than anyone else. And it's just, you know, except for like that Frisbee kid, he was, he, like I say, he looked just like the fucking, like what you expect. <laughs> the, the fucking cops enlist him to like bust people. Why? And he's, wear, he's wearing the wire. And I just love that he keeps like talking into his jacket, looking <laughs> back at him. And they're like, what the fuck is he doing? Why were the cops from a 70s TV show but nobody else was? Uh, to play up the Sabotage music video. Oh, I see. Okay. Did, did this guy direct Sabotage? No, that was uh, Spike oh, Jones. But That would have been amazing if he did. <laughs> yeah, I just... It, it was P- I didn't Peter Storm- Stormare, though. I love Peter Stormare. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't know if anybody recognized them, but it was Alexis Arquette as the other one. So there's an Arquette in this movie. Yeah, I, I think I looked it up when I watched the movie. So I I think uh, my favorite comment of the movie came from my wife because she actually watched this one with me. And that was uh, this movie is basically if Luann from King of the Hill didn't have Hank. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, you know what? <laughs> That's about right. And uh, we got to see Dar- Larry Drake. Dr. Giggles plays a vet in this. He's in like, like one scene. It's a crossover. Do we even know? Maybe he's playing the same character. Yeah. Could be huffing uh, laughing gas in the back. Yeah. Do we know if he sewed that dog up inside anyone else? We think <laughs> in this movie, would you be surprised? 
though. Sadly. This movie was weird. I don't know if you guys know. <laughs> it was weird. I watched this like probably not too long after it came out on video. Um, I remember being like, that's weird. Watch it this time around. And I think I really enjoyed it. You think you Maybe did? Just in... No. Yeah. I mean, I know I did, but I'm just, I'm trying to figure out why I enjoyed it a lot more this time. I don't know. Maybe it was just. Well, cause there were a lot annoying. of movies just like it coming out at the time versus now where it seems a little bit more unique. Maybe. Um, Maybe I just enjoyed sort of the being like we are just kind of thrown into the world. There's no like we said, there's no like big like overarching like storyline for the most part. It's just sort of a bunch of events that happen throughout it. Yeah, it's like if you had to if you had to tell what the plot is, it's that a guy goes to buy meth and since his dealer's out or has lost his meth sorry <laughs> then he goes with the <laughs> dealers he goes with this other girl to the guy that cooks it to buy some there and that guy's just like now you drive for me and he's like oh okay <laughs> and then he does he does that for a little while and that's that's it like i don't that's yeah. the movie which 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 sounds like a crime movie but i mean it's very much like oh we need to head down to the strip club for a minute and then they're down there for however yeah. long and then it's like we need to stop at this gas station so i can buy cold medicine that's sort of a scene and then yeah yeah it keeps going on yeah i don't know i really enjoyed it this time around i don't know if i'd say i really enjoyed it um it's fine like there's definitely some moments in it that are almost laugh out loud funny, but I don't know if they're supposed to be funny or not. It's one of those weird moments <laughs> where you're like, am I supposed to feel sympathy for these characters or am I supposed to I be mean, laughing at them? I, I don't mean, know. When, when Spider Mike shoots Frisbee in the balls, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think in some ways, like it, it feels like that's what it's like dealing with like real addicts, right? It's like, you're doing dumb shit. Like I could laugh at you and I, or I could be angry at you or I could have sympathy for you. Cause I know it's not entirely your fault. All those apply right now. So it's more of like, what mood are you in when the person does this dumb shit? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Does anybody else have anything else they want to say? Not really. I mean, I, if I had like a real complaint about the movie, I would say it's, a little style over substance, but um, I also think that that was intentional. So I don't really think it's really a fair criticism per se. Mm. Yeah, especially when you get a music video director, it's kind of what you're going yeah. for. Yeah, though the whole point of it was to give you a look into the life of these people and to kind of just try to make you feel like you were there rather than tell you a story. So. It's like there's no character arcs or character development of any kind. There's no, you know, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. That's, that is true. Absolutely nobody changes by the end of the movie, which is kind of funny. I mean, technically, well, Frisbee has fewer balls than he did at the beginning. <laughs> technically, technically, the cowboy goes from a solid to a liquid by the end. That's a good point. 
as soon as he walked in that trailer and i've seen it before but i really didn't remember a whole lot about it but walked in that trailer i'm like oh that shit's gonna blow up it, it felt very predictable in that sense where you're like yeah in some ways you knew exactly what was coming but you only knew when they started to set it up which was only like a minute or two before because no scenes seem connected to the previous scene it's interesting it does play out over a couple days but the movie kind of keeps going because nobody fucking sleeps in this movie like the very ending of the movie is everybody finally coming down off their drug binge and everybody just starts falling asleep Uh, all right. Well, Doug, why don't you keep this drug trip going? Why don't you tell us about the Salton Sea? Uh, Salton Sea is a movie about, uh, basically it's Val Kilmer plays this method character. Movie opens up with him, like sitting in a fire waiting to die. And then does the like, but why don't I tell you how I got here thing? <laughs> and starts with him being like you know basically being a tweaker who's working with the cops to help bring down um certain people um just like a like a paid informant type dude and then that goes on for a while and we start to get flashbacks to how he became this guy because his his wife died in an incident and we eventually learned that he is intentionally doing has become this like other person in order to catch the cops who were involved in his wife's death. And he's going to have them arrested by the FBI, but then he changes his mind and doesn't do that. Um, And at the end he is killed by the guy that lives across the hall because it relates back to one of the people he read out. He ratted out, sir. Is that all right? Is he killed? Is he killed though? No, he lives. Oh, sorry, he lives. That's my bad. They do the thing where he's about to die, and then all of a sudden, somebody picks him up. That's his wow. buddy that he was a meth head with. Mm. I watched this like an hour ago, and I apologize for having trouble remembering <laughs> details. But it's another right. fucking weird movie. I was going to say, it's another, it's a, I, I think we talked about this whenever I picked this. This is one of my favorite movies. I just, I like every second of this film. Can that you, that ending is so great. The part where he's being carried and he goes, oh, what's this? And he goes, oh, linoleum, I must be in hell. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, explain really why it's one of your, can you explain to me why it's one of your favorite movies? No, explain to me what's great about this movie. I just, just trying to figure it out. I just kind of like everything about it. I like the the storytelling. I kind of like the uh, the juxtaposition of this kind of detective drama with just a bunch of meth freaks being meth freaks. I think Val mm-hmm. Kilmer's performance is awesome. Really? I wasn't too high on his performance. Because we're, uh, we're around all these, like, 
well, methods, as you put it. And he seems really calm in, like, every scene. And I'm like, why is he not... He's not, like... He, I don't feel like he's a tweaker, which... I guess we find out he's sort of not, I guess, but... Yeah. Well, yeah, when... I feel like... I feel like a lot of other people are putting in, like, a good performance almost could could maybe be in the last movie. Maybe not to that level. But, uh... And then Val Kilmer's just really, like, sort of uh, calm throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I, I definitely felt like he stood out in the first half of the movie. And then when the reveal comes, I'm like, oh, well, that's why. I mean, they were setting that up, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's he doesn't act like he's a tweaker even when he's in the environment with the rest of them, which is weird because like you can't stay up for three days with tweakers unless you're also a tweaker. You can't do that. So a little disappointed that you guys didn't have more fun with this. What did you think about Pooh Bear? Come on, Vincent D'Onofrio's character is out of fucking control in this movie. Well, when I saw him, I'm like, of course he has a plastic nose. And I guarantee you that was not in the script. That was Vincent D'Onofrio coming in and being like, hey, guys, I got this idea for this character. Because every character I play has to have some weird fucked up thing about him. But he has a plastic nose because he's snorted so much cocaine or meth or heroin or whatever we want to say. What's super weird about um, that is I knew about that character. I've never seen this movie before, but I knew about that character. I did not know it was from this movie. It's just, (laughs) it's so fucking weird that it somehow like spread out into pop culture. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up to have a guy that with no nose just fucking. And (laughs) when they, when he takes that plastic nose off a couple of times, I'm like, what is going on? CGI is not 100%, but it's enough that it's, like, fucking weird. <laughs> um, that opening, uh, the opening scene where you first meet Pooh Bear and they're doing the whole uh, uh, shooter on the grassy knoll thing with p- pigeons in an RC car. <laughs> good lord. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, there she is. She looks so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) You really love it, you know? I I really do. I just... This this was one of those movies, whenever it first came out, I was working at the video store, and it's one of those ones that I kept, like, getting everyone to rent. I was like, you really need to watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, I thought it was okay. I just... didn't like love it and I actually enjoyed spun a lot more this time around. Maybe that just says to what I was kind of looking forward to for this week's theme. I think the, for me, the biggest issue with this film is that the plot ends up surrounding like this Val Kilmer character who is, he's these two different guys. And the idea is that he kind of went undercover and then he lost himself in this other character and the whole big twist at the end is that once everything's finally resolved, he comes out of it as sort of a third person and wanders off into the world to start a new life. But I just didn't really 
feel that I like, I can see them telling me that that's what's happening, but I didn't feel it. And I didn't feel like, like the whole idea that he's in there to get revenge for his wife's death. I'm like, I didn't feel any connection between him and his wife. So I didn't really give a shit if he got his revenge or not. And all these plot twists kept coming. And I I kept thinking about the movie wild things. Do you guys remember that one with like Kevin Bacon Mm -hmm. in it? And yeah. it was just there was just constantly plot twists going all the time. And then at the end, they just slap on like five different endings. And I felt like this one was just trying to do that. And I was just like, I. Again, I didn't hate it or anything, but I just I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It, it, there were a lot of moments that felt really predictable. There's the moment in the shootout scene where he wears the bulletproof vest. And I'm like, you don't have to pretend you're dead. We all know you have a bulletproof vest on. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's being tricked right now. You just don't bother, don't bother pretending. Oh. Well, the cops were tricked. They just let him go. And even then, like that whole scene revolves around a lot of like everybody at some point in time could win that shootout, but they all gradually at a different points stop and um, decide to talk too much, and then the other guy gets the upper hand. It's like, stop doing that. Stop being Bond villains. None of you are Bond villains. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, one of the cops was that. Uh, what the fuck is that dude's name? The guy from X-Files who married like a 16 year old when he was like 40. Ew. Yeah, that oh. fucking guy. Then. Is that the redheaded guy? Yeah. It's not the guy that was in Empire Records. So that's how I know them apart. The redheaded guy and the guy from Empire Records. So it's the oh, cops. Oh. oh, that's Tony LaPags. Like Anthony LaPaglia. Um, the other guy, yeah. He's kind of gross. Um, I mean, I, I didn't really think he did anything special in the movie, so I'm not bothered by the fact that he's a garbage person because no. I was going to forget be, about him anyway. So <laughs> supposed to play a garbage person. So I guess good job on him. <laughs> he was just method acting. You're trying to judge him for it. <laughs> well, he didn't marry a 16 year old until after this movie. So maybe. Yeah. Uh... Uh, I was happy to see uh, Peter Skarsgård. I enjoy him stuff I, I really like him in these kind of like character actor roles and i think he did really good in this um he's like when he's tweaking and stuff at the beginning he does as good as anyone does um and then at the end when he has to do like some more emotional stuff he really pulls it off yeah i've always been a big fan of his like that moment uh, when he the reveal comes that his friend isn't who he said he was and he has to be like, wait, so like we're not really friends and you don't really like me? I'm like, I actually felt bad for him in the moment, you know? <laughs> I think that's like when you're going to do these movies about these like meth heads and stuff, I think you do have to make them sympathetic at times because in a lot of cases, they're not hurting anybody but themselves. You know, they're, they're, they're ruining their own lives with this shit and they do become these sort of pathetic people. And you're just like, uh, you're supposed to have sympathy for people who are suffering and want to help them. And you, you kind of do with that guy. And they come up with and execute great plans for stealing Bob Hope shit. <laughs> it's like it's run over by an ambulance. That's such a, it's that, that point of the movie. It's such a random break from what's going on. 
It is. Yeah. So, but do you want to walk the listeners through it in case they haven't seen this movie? No. <laughs> like, basically, they come up with the idea to steal Bob Hope's stool sample from this place in order to sell it for tons of money. Which clearly they didn't think through. And the, the the guy is basically describing the plan like it's going to be this Ocean's Eleven thing. But we're seeing it play out while he's describing it. And just the the fact that nothing works the way he thinks it's going to. <laughs> I love the he's like under an overwhelming assault of superior numbers and what what does he say is, is superior numbers and weapons and it's just him harassing the guy with a dust buster. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Adam Goldberg too, and he uh, I feel like he didn't have a whole lot to do in this movie. No, it's, he did. Uh, it was a good performance, but it's a small role. Yeah. I thought at the beginning when I saw him, it just like in the room full of tweakers. I thought he was doing quite well. Like all the performances are good. I think I don't think it's really a bad performance no. in the movie. No, good cast, just like the last movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I say, I, I again, I'm fine with this movie. I don't regret watching it. I'm not upset. I don't think I'll remember it that much later on in life. You know what I mean? There was nothing to me. Nothing really grabbed me and sucked me into it. I don't know. I know, I know the first time I watched it, the thing that really that the history of meth that he does at the beginning of the movie was like, I don't know. I was in for the long haul. Hmm. So that part was kind of interesting. I think that maybe that's one of the issues with this film too, is it doesn't go, it, it does that sort of over stylistic thing at times with the, the history of meth at the beginning with the, the poop stealing scene, but it doesn't do it throughout. And so there's times where I'm just like, are we in a serious dramatic film or are we in one of these ridiculous early two thousands, you know, spun type films? And I, I still don't know which one this was trying to be. <laughs> Sorry, Noah. I didn't mean to. Be sad. <laughs> I feel bad when I make Noah sad by accident. That's yeah, all right. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with that. Like, it's a fine movie. I don't have a problem with it. I wouldn't be like, no, don't watch this movie. But or like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, I would just say, yeah, like, go ahead and watch it if you want. But I don't really have a good reason to recommend this or to not recommend it. So feels like the kind of movie that if I had cable, it would be on TBS and I would watch it. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, 
what did we watch since last episode? Jesus Christ, when was the last time we were together? I was going to say, it should be a while. The listeners haven't really noticed that much of a break, but it's been like two or three weeks since we actually sat down to record an actual episode. Did, did we talk about Black Adam yet? No. Uh, no. And so I saw Black Adam. <laughs> so did I. Guess what? It's, it's all right. Yeah, that's about what I thought. I don't think it seems I don't, to be the. Uh, I don't think it was as consensus. good as they were. It wasn't as good as they were selling it, but it wasn't as bad as people are trying to make it out to be. Wait, so you're telling me the commercials tried to make it look better than it is? That doesn't <laughs> seem very honest. Yeah, well, but some movies like kind of they live up to Marvel movies tend to live up to the hype of the trailer. If the trailer's kind of meh, the Marvel movies kind of meh, you know what I mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I know Noah's a big fan of a lot of the characters that were in this too. So I'm sure you were like, oh well that could have been better, but it definitely could have been worse. So I was I really wasn't them expecting with them to go with the uh the like i think that's actually the third adam smasher yeah did you expect the original adam smasher to be uh the fonz though they get so many fucking bonus points for the original adam smasher being henry henry winkler that's fucking great (laughs) if i'd known henry winkler was in this i'd have watched it uh only on a cell phone that he obviously probably shot in his backyard that's fine. <laughs> but he pops up on the screen. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think. So Dr. Dr. Fate, they did really, really well. And yeah, he was, was really good. He was the one I was the most concerned with. I think the only one that I was kind of on the fence with was Hawkman. In which, in the comic books, Hawkman kind of is like a unnecessarily aggro, angry douchebag sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I don't. The way they did it in the movie made his character not great. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like you needed to like him, and they just made it so clear that you're not supposed to like him that you're like, well, yeah. And, and I think that was so he could play off Black Adam, but you're like, yeah, but you're not really supposed to like him either. And he's the <laughs> the main protagonist. You kind of got to do something else. <clears throat> For some reason, I was getting Cyclops from the first X-Men movie vibes from him. Where it's just like, no, this is how it is. This is how we do it. Don't go outside the lines for any reason. And you're kind of like, stop being... Not being like stupid. And of course, by the end of it, they have to go, you know, do whatever, bend the rules or whatever. Like he was almost too goody goody. So, well, like, you know, later. Well, except they're but. not goody goody. The, the problem is they kind of they leaned a little too hard into one of the themes of the movie and it, it made things awkward where the idea is that. Black Adam is not a quote fingers superhero, but he is like a liberator. Yeah. 
And despite the fact that the Justice League are, quote, fingers, heroes, they're also kind of fascists. In the fact that they are, you know, enforcing their will upon other parts of the world that maybe they don't have a business doing that. But they leaned into it too hard to the point where there's like some outright like Nazi comparisons and stuff. And you're like, "Eh, okay, well, now now I don't know how we're supposed to get behind the good guys because you basically made them into complete pieces of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, do you think it was them being too connected to Amanda Waller, maybe? I feel like that brings in a lot of baggage from the way she's portrayed and other stuff. Right. Yeah, well, and it's weird, because they would have... She's a... uh, uh, What are they called? A Project X person. She would have nothing to do with the Justice Society. They wouldn't fucking work with her in the comic books. Yeah. She's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like those two sensibilities would not work together well. So it's weird that, yeah, they're the ones like working together for whatever stupid reason. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I think they, I think they just tried, I think they tried too hard. Because I think that they really wanted that anti hero Black Adam thing to work. But in order to make him a decent anti-hero, he needs to be a villain. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he needs to be a villain first. They should have brought him in as a villain and then did his own movie where he kind of realizes he could go one way or the other. You know what I mean? Well, from what I've heard, that's kind of what was originally supposed to happen. He was going to be part of the Shazam stuff when they were first sort of figuring all this shit out. Um, but the rock, of course, was like, no, he needs his own movie. He needs to stand on his own. It's like, sure, Dwayne, you'll make a billion dollars at the box office. Sure. Do whatever you say. But now I feel like if when they, those two fight, which they're going to have to, I don't know if like it's going to work. No. Well, and the fact that Another thing is, you know, so spoiler alert, everyone at home, uh, Superman is in the the mid credit scene. Say what? Oh, my God. Kept secret on the Internet. Such a good job hiding that. I can't believe you spoiled it for me. (laughs) But I mean, that's clearly what the rock's been jonesed up for. But the problem is, is like, yeah, Black Adam and Superman fight a lot in the comic books. But Black Adam is a fucking Shazam villain. <laughs> like, for fuck's sakes, they should you should fight Shazam. <laughs> like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah. It sounds like maybe they uh, probably should have worried about making a good movie instead of worrying about getting the rock in the role. Does that sound right? Like, maybe they saw what Marvel did with letting Ryan Reynolds have the role that he was fighting for. And we're like, Oh, that worked out real well. Who's our celebrity that really, really wants to be in one of our movies. And then they fucked it up because. Well, I looked, I wrote like a article about this. Okay. Excuse me. About black Adam. 
they announced that The Rock was going to be playing Black Adam back in 2007. Really? And I was like, no. And then I did some searching, and sure enough, there's articles of 2007. It's like, The Rock is going to play Black Adam. This is even before the MCU was like anything. That's pre-Iron Man. Like, yeah. <laughs> why? How was anyone talking about Black Adam back then? A Black Adam I don't movie? Know. I don't know. I mean, I'm shocked they were willing. Like, they wouldn't have talked about a Shazam movie back then. No, I can't. That can't be right. It, it was 2007. There's pictures that <laughs> they used a picture for the banner of The Rock with hair. Do you know how long it's been since The Rock had hair? That's not nice. Since at least 2007. He shaves it. It's fine. But I'm just saying. You haven't seen him with hair for a long time. That's just... I I find that so crazy, because... Pre-MCU, it was hard to sell a comic book movie. That well, was actually superheroes. Yeah. We're coming off. We were, we were in deep stages of X-Men at that point. And, uh, was it pre-Spider-Man 3? That would have been, right? I do. Seven? I, I do love the fact that, you know, there are these, these ebbs and flows and tides of everything. And, you know, certain things come and certain things go. But. God damn it, you can always sell a Batman movie, a Spider-Man movie, or an <laughs> X-Men movie. And, and it doesn't even matter. It could just be hot trash and people still go see it. Yeah, Spider-Man 3 came out in 2007, so this would have been the same year. Yeah, well, that explains why it got pushed so far back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it only made half a billion dollars instead of a billion dollars. So we need to put super movie, superhero movies on hold. Old, old Topher Grace's venom face really, really oh. set things back. Yeah. So Black Adam, okay, nothing special. That does seem to be the consensus, uh, from what I gather from the internet. Yeah, I wouldn't like rush out to see it, but if you catch it on like. Uh... I guess it'll be on HBO Max, maybe. Then that's good enough. There. And then, I'm and then watch it. Speaking of DC stuff, I uh, I finally remembered that a long time ago I had started rewatching Lucifer because I wanted to watch the final season and stuff, and never got there. I got to like season five and got distracted. Mm-hmm. So I kind of picked that back up, made it through season five, and I'm now. Uh, uh, knuckle deep in the final season. I think I've got two episodes left or something. Man, it's a good show. Yeah, I never watched it. The yeah. last, the last season gets a little weird and a little <laughs> weak. I don't, I, I, I'm not sure where they're going with it, but I hope it comes to a good resolution because the bad thing is that the end of season five would have actually been a pretty good place to end the show. Mm. Yeah, sometimes they drag shit out too long. I don't know. I can't comment. I haven't seen it. I won't see it. So, well, was was season five the last broadcast season? And I can't went to re- Netflix I, or was it? Four? I can't remember if season five was made by Netflix or not. 
But, you know, the whole idea was to give it this one last season to tie up all the loose ends. But it's only 10 episodes long. And instead of tying up all the loose ends, they added more stuff. <laughs> so now it's like, well, now you got to deal with the new thing that you're dealing with. Instead of tying up all the loose, you had 10 episodes to, like, get everything done. Yeah, that sounds like um, what, what was I thinking of? Every other show. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> I do not know why they don't like they should have like, you know, like baseball has like closers to come in and pitch the ninth inning. They need fucking special writers in Hollywood to just come in and write the last season of a TV show. Like, Come on in, clean everything up, put a nice bow on it and the show properly. Fuck. I will. I will say so. The the actor playing Lucifer and everything, I I'm usually pretty into it. And he's you know, he's funny and kind of snide and British and all that kind of stuff. But fuck me if they don't run a couple jokes into the goddamn ground because he, he'll he'll do the same joke. And you're like, fuck, they have done this joke in every episode for five fucking seasons. Stop making the fucking joke. Like every time he takes the Lord's name in vain, he says dad. So he'll go, oh, my dad. That's really which clever. Is, yeah, which which is fucking funny. The very first time he does it in the first season, you're like, ha ha ha, oh. that's silly. It's because it's because God's his dad. But then he keeps doing it. And then there's even a setup where later uh Lucifer is supposed to be kind of becoming God and, and he goes, oh, my me. And you're like, that's fucking no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you're not selling me on this show at all. You're like really good, terrible ending, full of bad jokes. Like, no, thanks. Well, I don't I don't know the full ending, so I don't know if it's. uh Gonna be disappointing or not? I mean, the the last season's not terrible. I just kind of wanted to, them to wrap everything up because they knew it was the last season. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's sort of the whole point, right? It's not how they see it. But really, I mean, it's kind of up until the last two seasons. It's a crime procedural where the devil is a consultant for the LAPD, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Hmm. And of conceptually, course, I like that. Yeah, and and basically every episode kind of has a parallel where Lucifer is in therapy. And, of course, the, the murder events will always kind of parallel his whatever thing he's dealing with in therapy. Which works in a weird way. How do we uh, how do we feel about James Gunn being promoted to the head of DC Films? I th- I think that just sounds like it's going to be fucking berserk. <laughs> it sounds... like I love I love James Gunn, but that dude is uh, unstable. <laughs> how, how how are they going to like? reconcile something like okay we're gonna let the rock have this his own movie and basically get to be the cool guy because he doesn't want to play the villain and everything else and then you're gonna bring in him and he's gonna be like want to have the rock fight a midget or something in the next movie <laughs> <laughs> like it's I, I don't know how they're gonna 
do that per se. Uh, we'll see. Well, and yeah. the fact that all the executives are going to go, okay, now it's time for the rock black Adam to fight Superman. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And then the fucking gun's going to be over in the corner and be like, or, <laughs> or we could do an entire movie about this third string character from this obscure comic book that nobody liked. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm more yeah. on board for that. I, I, I would be more on board for that. I just, I, I don't know that I don't have faith in that studio to give him the level of control he needs to create the chaos that we would all want for him to create. Well, I mean, it is a new Warner brothers. They do like to cancel movies after they've made them already. So who knows? Yeah. So, so in a world where they cancel movies, they've already made, do we honestly think that he's going to be allowed to do the wacky, crazy shit that has gotten him this far? I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's going to be just a a continuation of the shit show. Yeah. Again, possible. Like what if they want him to be in charge? Absolutely great. I, a cinematic universe with him at the helm could be very interesting to watch. Cut everything off, start from scratch, and let him do his version of this shit. And it'd be wacky and weird, but it might actually at least be coherent. Yeah. I don't know any of the decisions DC makes that, ever, so Yeah. Like they just they just announced they're basically reworking the entire the uh the HBO Green Lantern show that's been in the works for fucking forever. Yep. They were just like, we're gonna completely rewrite it for another character. And it's like, what? What the <laughs> fuck are you guys talking about? It's, it's been in development for eight years. Yeah, that's nothing. Did you hear how long Black Adam was in development for? <laughs> they cast the Rock in 2007. Uh, like, I mean, yeah. at this, at this point, he's going to have to start casting children before they're 18 so that they don't die of old age before <laughs> their film gets made. It's just, just like... They're like just meeting women on the street who are pregnant and signing the fetus to a contract. <laughs> What's the dad look like? All right, that should work. <laughs> I did hear that uh, Warner Brothers finally caved and they've edited out pretty much all of Amber Heard out of the next Aquaman movie. And And yet... Flash is still going forward. <laughs> what, the <laughs> fuck? what the fuck? <laughs> they are they are going to lean heavily into this Flash thing, and it's going to blow up with their faces, and I'm going to laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> I mean, uh, I I even get in in the era of of siding with the psychopaths who are against cancel culture or whatever they fucking want to bemoan all the time. I, there's nobody on this earth that does not agree that fucking Ezra Miller is dog shit. <laughs> no, like, yeah, he's the guy. The guy like just gets arrested for breaking into people's houses and running cults as well. Like it's it's not you know what I mean? It's not. It, it's insane that the fucking I mean, guy is grooming, still... grooming a 12 year old. 
Yeah. DC's in trouble. Like, when you go to do your movie premiere and your star's in prison instead of at the premiere, is that going to be a red flag for them to maybe not run forward with this? Run forward? I see what you did. Oh, that was was accidental. (laughs) So. Anyways. Yeah. The convenient thing about being tapped out is this is all just entertainment to me. It's just like I'm just watching this castle crumble, but I'm like, eh, I already know I didn't want to live in that castle, so it's fine. Somebody somebody corrected me the other day. We were uh talking about these motherfuckers and and I said he about Ezra Miller and they you know, they corrected me to the they them and I was like, Listen, but I will apologize for misgendering Ezra Miller, but at the same time, man, fuck him, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck Ezra Miller, not not fuck his yeah. gender identity because that I respect, but him is a whole human being. Fuck, fuck all of him. Well, Throw that motherfucker in a wood chipper. <laughs> you still did it again. I don't know. At this point, I. Oh, whatever. What else did you watch? No, <laughs> I can't remember. I'm sure. I else. How many weeks have been? Too many. Couple. Because we didn't do a "What have you been watching?" after our Halloween episode because we were all too upset. That's right. <laughs> Man, I just lo- new, new episodes of Ghosts, which it's always good. I just love that Doug randomly in our chat chain today just popped in and going, and another thing, and just went off the Halloween <laughs> once again. I was in the shower this morning, just like getting ready, and it just, I'm like, wait a minute, there's another problem with that movie. <laughs> so like I had to get out and like get the kid to school, and then I'm like, just grab my phone. I'm like, I bet you they noticed this too. They'll care. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you're sitting there brushing your teeth and all of a sudden your brain goes, fucking Rob Zombie. <laughs> that's, that's basically what happened. It was like, Goddamn, uh, ghost horse bullshit, motherfucking. <laughs> For anyone wondering at home, my new complaint about Halloween ends is that like the timeline doesn't make sense. And they did a time jump, so they could have made it make sense if they wanted to. But all of a sudden we have like the girl that was in high school and four years later, she's struggling to become the head nurse at a hospital, meaning (laughs) she went to college, established a career and moved her way up the ladder to fight for the head nurse job in four years. It, It doesn't work that way. Like a boss. I started I even started Googling like how long does it take to become a nurse if you live in Illinois? <laughs> Depends on what like, type of nurse. Well you ha- you'd have to be a registered nurse if you want to try to become the head of the nurses, though, I think. No, not not necessarily. But now that's not actually what you need. You need to have a degree in healthcare administration. Oh, which is weird because it has absolutely four year degree. Yeah, it has absolutely nothing to do with nursing, which is really ironic. So basically they expect nurses that are managers to have two four-year degrees, which is psychotic. (laughs) 
But I mean, this is where I mean, you, you could get into a whole debate about maybe you shouldn't promote a nurse to be in the administrative person because maybe it's a completely different skill set to be a nurse, to be an administrator. Maybe you should hire two different people with two different degrees. Maybe she should have been a vet instead. Either way, if in October of 2018, this girl was in high school, and yet in October of 2022, she's struggling to become the head nurse at this place she works. That doesn't make any sense. And maybe that's what was bugging me the whole time I was watching that movie. Maybe it wasn't all the other stuff I said. I don't know. What'd and you, you did that? a time jump. You could have just made it a six-year time jump and then solved the problem. Tell us what you, you watched. We've reasons. already done this. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to find good things I've watched so I don't go off on another rant. Um, no, I know one oh, for okay. sure. You do? Yeah. All right. Which one? Uh, well, you and I both watched Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Oh, wasn't it glorious? It was pretty great. I haven't, I haven't got there yet. It is. Uh, it's exactly what you hope it'll be, is the yeah. way I would describe it. So basically, they make up a bunch of drama. <laughs> it's way well, more complicated. No, they don't. And we know that because the movie features an intro by Weird Al, who says, Welcome to my 100% completely honest, as it really happened, biopic. Yeah, so no problem. Now we know it's 100% real. And it tells the whole story of his life from being a child uh, right up until his death in 1985. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I I don't want to spoil some of the best plot points for you, Noah, but it's the kind of movie where, like, there's a moment where, like, young Weird Al is, like, fighting with his dad because his dad hates the accordion and doesn't want him to play it. He wants to go get a job at a factory and he won't tell Al what they make at the factory. (laughs) You don't get to know what they make at the factory until you work at the factory. (laughs) At one point, Al's like, look, I'm going to grow up and be the best accordion player there is. Well, maybe not technically the best, but I'm going to be the most well-known in a very specific subgenre of music. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is the <laughs> perfect line for a Weird Al movie. <sighs> yeah, Dude, it's, it's scene, amazing. The scene with her when he's in college and he, he's like, what's something you can do now that you're on your own, Al, that you weren't allowed to do at home? And he's like, write new lyrics to songs that already exist. And they're like, you should do that. And he goes, no, I can't. And then. They go, well, then at least go make us a sandwich. And as he's walking to the fridge, the guy flips on the radio and my Sharona comes on. And I'm like, I'm so happy right now. I was like so excited. <laughs> it's so and, then, and then the record at the record studio starts skipping. So it's just the My Sharona line over and over <laughs> as he's staring at the bologna package. <laughs> <laughs> my god it's uh it's like it, it's exactly what you want a weird owl movie to be it goes full uhf at one point noah i'll give you that i won't tell you exactly what happens but <laughs> it goes full uhf with like the ridiculous over-the-top action scenes and stuff um 
Uh, I will say Daniel Radcliffe is perfect in the role. Yeah, he <laughs> immerses himself in it and just... Yeah, D- Daniel oh, Radcliffe may have turned into my favorite actor <laughs> just because he did what all childhood stars should do is not destroy your life with drugs, but make a bajillion dollars with your first film project and then just do whatever the fuck you want for the rest <laughs> of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm in a movie where I play a farting dead body the whole time. How is that not a perfect movie? <laughs> well, I don't have an agent anymore anyway. <laughs> um I feel there are more and more of these guys that are doing that, that are just like, once they get rich, they'll just go do what they want to do. And it's yeah. like, like Elijah Wood famously does that. Justin Long, like <laughs> lost his uh, agent so that he'd go do Tusk. <laughs> like it's <laughs> you know, like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's more and more of these guys that are like, God, I, was, I got into this for it to be fun. And once you make a bunch of money, who fucking cares, right? Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Maybe it's a younger generation that's just less like pompous and arrogant than the previous generations and less <laughs> obsessed with the idea of like becoming a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah, you need to get on it, Noah. This is definitely a movie worth watching. I'll probably watch it this weekend. I need I need something happy in my life. Oh yeah. It'll it'll lift those spirits. Weird, Weird Al makes everyone happy. He makes everything better. Yeah. This yeah, reminds got, me of when we've got like tickets to go see him in February. Nice. Oh, yeah? It, we were supposed to see him this month, I think, and they got pushed back due to COVID stuff. Okay. It's, it's like Mr. Rogers when they made movies about him, and you're just like, I just, the world's just such so much of a better place because this human being exists. <laughs> and I just, it makes me so happy that he's there. What did you think of uh, Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna? Uh, she's perfect. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, sticking with the Weird Al theme of his life, apparently he went and talked to Madonna and told her how everything was going to go in the movie just to make sure she was okay mm-hmm. with it. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't surprise me because he's famously did that a lot with artists and actually didn't record songs if they didn't want him to and stuff. So <laughs> except for Coolio, no, that, which, which was, which was not his fault. And I actually read when Coolio died. Someone did put out uh, an old interview with him from a couple years before someone asked him about it. And he Coolio admitted that he was wrong and that he shouldn't have sort of essentially been up his own ass so much. And he's like, no, it's we buried that beef a long time ago. I shouldn't have been so serious about everything. And it was an honor to get parodied by Weird Al. I'm glad to know he came around on it. I don't even think he was yeah. a dick about it. In the interviews I've seen where he complains about Weird Al doing it, I don't even think he's rude about it. Like he's generally yeah. like it's it's generally like I hope he makes a lot of money on this. I just don't personally agree with him doing that. Yeah, which is you're allowed to have that stance. Like that's not you know. Yeah, which which they do reference in the movie. Yeah. It's. Oh my god. Uh, it's so oh my yeah. god, I love that movie. 
I'm gonna watch that again. <laughs> like what? <laughs> when, when you at that one party where they force him to make up a song on the spot, it's just <laughs> all of those celebrities are just there. It's all just guys in terrible costumes. Uh, except it's for so one. much better than it's so much better than having them in good costumes. Like except for, except for the guy from Queen who has to explain who he is, and then everybody's like, "Oh, oh, okay." <laughs> Like, who are you? Like, I'm John Deacon. I don't, I don't, you know, from Queen, everybody's shrugging their shoulders. I play the bass in Queen. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's a great inside baseball kind of music joke, too, because the bassist is the people no, that nobody knows, right? Like, that's, oh, uh, Weird Al makes me smile. Yeah. I, the only problem I have with that movie is I got no sleep that night because when it was over, I'm like, I should go to bed. But instead, I'm going to stay up for like three hours watching Weird Al videos <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> Which I yeah. think is exactly what happened when we watched UHF for this podcast. It's so. <laughs> uh, so good. There's so many celebrity cameos. It's amazing. Yeah, it's just, oh. and I don't know. I just love Weird Al's existence in the world. Like it, it, there's just this weird beacon of positivity that's there. I love that. So many, like you, you're never gonna find out Weird Al's a piece of shit the way we do with so many other celebrities. It's right. just. He's just out there making people happy all day, every day, and I was gonna say, seems please. to be his only goal. Please don't jinx that. <laughs> so, so help me yeah. God, if I find out that like Weird Al Yankovic killed a baby with a nine iron like thirty five years ago and got away with it, I, it'll destroy me. <laughs> but then I'd be like, "But come on, he wrote Eat It. Can't stay mad at the guy who wrote Eat It." All right, so I'm trying not to spoil too much, but I love talking about this movie. What about the whole thing where everybody in the movie claims that uh, Beat It is a parody of Eat It? <laughs> and they just have so many different characters go, you mean he wrote this song completely on his own and it wasn't a reference to anything that came before? <laughs> <laughs> I think they even get the, the Weird Al playing the music executive to say that line, like as if he's claiming it. It's like... Uh, and then when he finds out Michael Jackson released a parody called Beat It, he's like, oh, is it about like eggs or something? They're like, no, I think it's about like gang fighting or something. And he's like, what is nope. that? <laughs> I love when he's like losing it. He's like, now I'm going to be tied to Michael Jackson my whole career. You think that's going to help me sell records? Like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh. God. All right. Let's not talk about it anymore. Let's, let's let Noah watch it and okay. we'll we'll do this all over again next episode. All right. Fair enough. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Anything else that's going to make me that happy, by the way. Yeah. But the rest of the stuff is a little more appropriate for our podcast, I guess. <laughs> Just looking at the list. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. So I watched The Beyond, the Lucio Fulci film which I had never seen for some reason, which is absurd. 
yeah, on there, face. Uh, that I, that, uh, why haven't I watched it before? I've never seen it either. Really? Yeah. It is, what? man. Fulci goes full Fulci, Fulci in this one, man. I mean, I can tell you the plot <laughs> if you want, but you don't need that. No, um, it doesn't matter. Three, three eyeball scenes in this one. Nice. There's a, he does this brilliant thing where there's these like when these spiders are eating this guy and he has the spiders walking out. He mixes real spiders in with the fake spiders and it looks really cool. Yeah, um, that, might, that might be one of the scenes where I haven't watched it yet. Because I, I am aware it's, of that scene. It, Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Um, a lot of it's awesome. At the end, it's just a zombie movie, which I'm not entirely sure why. But that's fine because I don't care because it's so good. Um, just just the blood and the gore and like I say, three eyeball scenes. It really does feel like you know you know how actors complain about getting typecast. I feel like Fulci's like got special effects cast where he's like oh, got to do eyeball scenes all the time now, <laughs> just because a zombie. It's like all right, but yeah, we see one getting eaten by spiders in this movie. We see one getting stabbed again. So. I don't know. I mean, I don't It's hard to kind of discuss it in detail, but it's pretty good. If, you, if you're into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a recommend. It's up there with the good Fulci films like it's which is a not that there are really bad ones, but it's it's one of the ones it's more the style I like with the lots of blood and gore and evilness and occasionally some cheesy dialogue about how like you were talking to the girl from down the street there is no girl who lives in the house down the street and we're all supposed to be shocked but it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> it's, it's like when's some when's we gonna get eaten again i like those parts hmm. um yeah so i don't know maybe we'll talk about it in more detail one day if we both if we've all watched it. it's also been like two weeks since i watched it so i don't want to misspeak about it but <laughs> I, I, it was a, it was an experience. It's a full tree film. They they uh, they are what they are. Um, the other one by a famous horror director that I watched was I finally got around to the amusement park by George Romero. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting film. Like that is for sure. Like. It's Romero art house cinema is what it is, um, which is a weird combination. Yeah, don't go don't go in looking for like a horror movie. No, it's, it's more like. Is. The horror in it is like the aging process. <laughs> um, I don't know. I. I think interesting is the right word to use for it. I don't think it's good, but I think it's unique mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which is sometimes, I mean, like I say, it's, it's, if it is to be seen as art house cinema, then that's what you want. You want it to be different. You want it to be unique more so than falling in a traditional, like you, you wouldn't want a big gore scene and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad I watched it. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again. Yeah. Uh, but cer- certainly not. I did, it wasn't a waste of my time or anything like that. 
So yeah, yeah, it's just an interesting sort of mystery. Like, hey, look, we found this lost Romero movie. You're like, yeah. oh, well, I definitely want to see that, and it's worth watching just for that reason. Well, yeah, yeah. There's... It's not like suddenly like his entire career is going to be reconsidered or anything. It's just, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And then you, did you hear that it was financed from like a church or something to do, to do like a sort of a PSA about like ageism and stuff like that. And it's just like, and he turned this in and they were like, what the fuck? (laughs) I mean, that's what this is. It's a yeah. it's a PSA about like age discrimination and about the the tragedy of getting older. Um, but it's just I don't know that if a church is financing it that this is what they're hoping for. <laughs> no, not even close. Uh, I consider that I, he probably did that on purpose, knowing George Romero. <laughs> he probably. <laughs> Um, what else did I want? I got a bunch of stuff here still to go through. I went and saw Smile. Ah, I watched that the other night. Yeah. Actually, kind of really wasn't a fan. There were times where I I thought the atmosphere and stuff worked. I felt the movie was like, in some ways, like, it felt really stretched out. Yeah. Like, a lot of the stuff, like, with the main character and her husband, I'm like why is he really there? Like, cause she ends up going back to her ex-boyfriend who's a cop who can help her on her, with her problems. Mm-hmm. And he ends up being the guy that actually is involved. I'm like, well, why is her like husband or boyfriend, whatever he was, why does that character exist? Why, what point does he end up serving by the end of the movie? And you know, there's this whole thing where she has, like, this strained, she has this like strained relationship with her sister and at one point, like when all the shit's going bad, she's like, I'm going to go see my sister. And in my head, I go, why would she go see her sister? Her sister doesn't like her. And then she gets there and then her sister's like, I don't like you. Go away. And then she leaves. And I'm like, well, why did you put that in the movie? Like, it's, it feels like you're <laughs> stretching for time here, um, which is like problematic. Mm-hmm. I did like some of the like the effects and stuff and some of the atmosphere yeah. worked, but it seems like it was really built around the idea of if we set this all up, we're just going to have people doing a smile, staring directly into the camera. And that itself is unsettling enough that people will be freaked out. And when they do that, it does work. Yeah. But everything kind of around that, I was like, eh, okay. I even kind of liked the, the final destination esque plot line of it. I, I thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Um, I just. I was thinking more it follows, but yeah. Well, it's kind of a it. mix of the two, right? Yeah. Um, they're not. I mean, they're they are kind of the same when you think about it. But um, it's yeah, it was, it was OK. I hate that I'm agreeing with what Noah said about it, where you're like, yeah. <laughs> I think Noah fell asleep. No, I'm still here. Oh, okay. He just doesn't care what we have to say. No, I'm listening. Um, but you guys, so yeah, I, I, Brian basically ag- agreed with me that smiles just kind of me. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you. 
it's man. Yeah, we all we all kind of agree. I don't again like I think it because I went and saw it like right around Halloween. I think I was more okay with it than I would have been if I'd seen it at any other time. Like it was just like it was a couple days before Halloween. I wanted to see it. I wanted to go watch a horror movie. That was the one that fit my time slot the best. Someone, someone I work with who who normally, uh, I generally think that their opinions are pretty good. Uh, really, really, really liked Smile, and fucking hated Barbarian. And I was like, I don't understand a goddamn thing you're saying right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I I get people's problems with Barbarian. Um, I, I do get that. People who love Smile, I think, are just... Again, I think if you don't think about it at all, and you're just, like, watching for those cool, scary moments, okay. But when you're alone in the theater, or even don't have to be alone, you can be with, with people, and you're just staring at the movie the whole time, like, a lot goes on in between the cool, scary moments. So... You, you gotta think about it a little bit, don't you? Suppose. <laughs> Want to hear about a movie I liked a lot more than Smile? Nah. Alright, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a movie called Monstrous. And it is a... I only watched it because it was a Bigfoot movie, and I didn't... I knew, I, I'm like, I could try to find out what this is about, or I could just hit play and see what happens. Um, so the idea is, near this town where there have been Bigfoot sightings, um, this girl like was basically... We see that she was kind of attacked by a Bigfoot early in the movie. And we pick up later, a couple of years later, her friends are like investigating trying to figure out what happened to her because their their theory is that maybe somebody got her or maybe there are bigfoots out there that are killing people right and they basically they answer the same ad that she had previously answered for somebody looking for a ride and they find oh shit like this person's putting out the same ad again if we answer that ad we can find out who this person is and See, try to do our own kind of investigation, see if they were involved in our friend's disappearance. Um, so throughout the movie, it ends up being these two women in a car together, like the woman who put out this ad looking for a ride and this other woman who answered it. And it ends up being a like a long ass game of like cat and mouse where you these it's just these two playing off of each other the whole time a relationship develops between them, but you're never quite sure what motivation any the characters have because you're still never sure. Like, okay, so is this girl still just trying to figure out what that other girl is doing? And is this girl still trying to hide things that she's doing wrong? And eventually, like you can see in the poster for the movie, there are, there is a monster out there. There's a, there's a Bigfoot marching around in the woods, but does the existence of a Bigfoot preclude the fact that some of these characters could be doing something else wrong not really you know you can have a you can have a bigfoot out there and you can still be kidnapping people or whatever and 
it's really cool. Like it ends up just being this like long ass cat and ghost cat and mouse game between these two characters. Bigfoot plays a role in the end. Obviously they're not just going to have a Bigfoot out there and not have him show up, but not the role you're expecting him to play. And, uh, there's just, yeah, it was just a really interesting movie to watch. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Um, completely different from what I expected based on just seeing a poster, which is just a giant picture of a Bigfoot. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I've not enjoyed a Bigfoot movie since Harry and the Hendersons. Okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't think of this one as a Bigfoot movie. I would think of it as more of like a thriller about these two characters um, going up against each other while neither of them really knows the what the other one is up to. Um, plus, I mean, like, it's two chicks that have, like, this relationship, so I don't know if you're one of those weirdos who likes watching pretty women kiss each other. A lot of that goes on in the movie. Gross. I know, but, you know, you never know who's listening. We have to recommend things for everybody. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of what to say about this movie without completely spoiling it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's tense the whole time. You don't know really why the characters are doing what they're doing because you don't understand their motivations because they have conflicting motivations, if that makes any sense. Hmm. And I don't know. I, I, I really kind of got sucked into it and really enjoyed it. Nice. So, and then I checked if the director had done anything else because I liked it so much, and I found out that not only had he done other movies, but he had done other movies with the same writer, and he had done other movies with Bigfoot in them with the same writer. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, <laughs> Bigfoot Quartet. <laughs> I'm like, I don't see how I have any choice but to watch Dawn of the Beast, which is the other one. Um, which is a lot more of a traditional horror film with Bigfoots in it. Um, yeah, I mean, you. the only thing I would say about it is you do get uh, beasts fighting each other more so than uh, hunting the people, which is pretty fun. And full disclosure, I did kind of fall asleep during it, not the movie's fault. Um, so I don't know every little plot detail of it. But uh, you, get, you get to watch uh, you get to watch battles between Windigo and Bigfoot. Let's put it that way. So, do you think I like that movie? Yes, of course I like that movie. <laughs> like that's I don't know how you would make a bad movie where that happens. Um, and I enjoyed it. And this guy actually made a third movie, which is apparently about a Windigo. So now in my head, he's created a cinematic universe where he's got different monsters and making them fight. I'm not sure if they're meant to be set in the same universe or not, but I've decided they are. And I'm so I'm going to get around to that third movie. <laughs> For some reason, this just popped into my head. Did I ever tell you about a movie that we ran at our film festival called Night of the Bong Face 2? <laughs> no, maybe, probably. I don't listen when you talk. Go well, ahead. It was a locally made one, and it was a guy. Villain is pretty much Jason, but he wears like a gas mask that has a bong sticking out of the front of it. Okay. Not necessarily good. Like, it's about what you would expect from a amateur horror movie called Night of the Bong Face 2. Beautiful thing about it is, 
There is no Night of the Bong Face 1. I respect that. And this movie has flashbacks to that movie that doesn't exist. Uh, so and the killer starts out as like this scrawny little guy and every time he kills he gets bigger and bigger so he's played by somebody else um and so we screened it and you know people had a good time and whatever we got a lot of local people that showed up and then we decided uh because we used to do the monthly shows too and one of them was falling on 420 so we did uh reefer madness and then night of the bong face too all right and the guys that made the movie brought their own Japanese bootleg versions of it to sell at their table. <laughs> and it was it was renamed Dishonorable Smoke Man 2. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even like this movie that much, but I love everything they've done around this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh but they had made another movie called Murder Source Rex that I really didn't like. It was just a guy with like a dinosaur mask on. And yeah. it was like, oh, genetic experiments. He's half man, half dinosaur. And it was terrible. But at the end of Night of the Bong Phase 2, they roll the credits and then they have a post credit scene where we see that Murder Source Rex has wandered into this neighborhood and he looks up and he sees bong face and then they both stand there and stare at each other and then they run at each other and then the movie freezes just as they were about to hit each other and then they they teased the uh, murder source rex versus bong face and then uh the group that made it was a bunch of friends and they all got mad at each other and never made movies again <laughs> all <a> right <laughs> The cinematic universe with uh, Bigfoots, for some reason, threw me on this on this point. Oh, fair enough. I don't know. I I don't know sure how to respond to any of that. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> I don't know. Continue on. I also watched the movie Great White, which is um, oh yeah, my next entry in my ongoing attempt to find good shark movies. And the attempt goes on. Still looking. Um, yeah, it's this one has a lot of potential. This one had because, Hulk Hogan's uh, older brother, like that. What was it Cruel Jaws? No, this is not. No, no, no. This is a newer movie called Great White. From I know, but but I'm saying that one had like wish list uh, Hulk Hogan in it. It was great. Yeah, this this one does not. This one has okay. Continue. Uh, nobody in it I've heard of. I don't think. Um, I don't know. It had a lot of potential. There was a lot of good like tension. I would say at different points in the thing where they're like, the idea is these people are on like a helicopter tour and a shark crashes their helicopter. Now they're in the lifeboat trying to figure out how to get back to shore. Crashes the lifeboat. And then um. Yeah, sharks are just kind of following them. There's a weird point in the movie where they point out that there's two sharks, but that doesn't... It, it's it's so strange the way it plays out towards the end. And it, then at the end, they just they do that thing where they're like, what if the people decide to fight the shark? And I'm like, don't do that. Why would you do that? People can't fight a shark, but they do. And I'm like, well, that's... 
That's lunacy. You've ruined your movie. So it's still all right, I guess. Like it's just it just felt like a letdown because the tension was working and then they're like just decided to break it and literally have a guy like Jason Statham his way into the water with a knife in his hand. And I'm like, you can't. You're not Jason Statham. Stop trying to be Jason Statham. <laughs> Only he can fight a shark with a knife. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. Stop doing it. So. Bit of a letdown. Better than some of the other ones I've watched, though. You know how upset I get about shark movies. <laughs> so. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have much else to say about it because it was it was one of those ones where I'm like, oh, maybe I finally found a good one. And then it's like, nah. So fuck it. You're never going to find a good one. I will one day. I will. <laughs> I found one. Uh, it's just Jaws again. <laughs> I should just watch Jaws again. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I got, I guess. I also watched a bunch of my like standard Halloween movies that we talk about every year, but we don't need to get into those because we're going a bit long here. Yeah. Uh, well, I only watched two other things, uh, and one of them we just covered on the show within the last year. So uh, my friend came over. He is like, yeah, this my sister showed me this movie when I was younger, but I, I don't remember what it was called. All I know is there's like somebody in the backseat with like a coat on and like an axe. And I'm like, oh, that's Urban Legend. So he wanted to rewatch it. And so we watched Urban Legend. Uh, fun 90s slasher fair. Yeah. What'd your friend think? Uh, he liked it. He thought it was fun. Okay. So. Uh, and then he's like, I'm in the mood for like an old school, like horror movie. And so I tried to let him choose. I let him because I got all my movies displayed properly now. I'm like, why don't you go? find something to watch in the library and he couldn't decide. So I had to start looking through stuff and I'm like, well, this isn't quite what you were saying, but, uh, how about, how about the Italian movie demons? And he's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> so we watch demons and he's like, oh shit, it's fucking Italian. That means it's going to be messed up. And I'm like, yep. That's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> So we watched it and I kept pointing out, I'm like, this is going to be parts of this movie. You're going to be like, what does this have to do with anything that's going on inside the theater? And you'll be correct, but just, you know, go with it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like that. You're going to think it doesn't make sense. You'll be correct to think that. Don't let it bug you. Uh, so, yeah, we had a good time. He loved all the gory special effects and everything. Sure. Um, it was a lot of fun. There's something about those Italian movies, man. I don't like I don't know why we're so forgiving of the fact that they don't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> like normally that's the kind of shit that bugs me, but there's something about that Italian aesthetic that I'm just like, all right. Okay, it sure. seems like they know it doesn't make sense and they don't care, so why should I? <laughs> <laughs> uh so he greatly enjoyed it. Um, you know. He'd sit there and be like, Okay, so what the fuck's going on? Okay, this chick's a demon now. Uh, and he's like, the people are just like walking around the, the theater and he's like, how big is this fucking theater that you can just get lost in corridors and end up behind the screen of the movie? And I'd be like, well, it's an Italian movie. And he's like, oh yeah, that's right. It's an Italian theater. Take that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then stuff like towards the end where the guy's like 
fuck, we're being we're being sieged by demons. I better hop on this dirt bike and grab this katana sword and just drive back and forth slashing people. And he's like, fuck yeah. And I'm like, yep, that is the correct response. And then something starts happening. And I'm like, I'm going to guarantee you a million dollars. You cannot guess what's about to happen. And then sure enough, a fucking helicopter throw falls through the ceiling. And he's like, nope, definitely did not expect that to be happening. Uh, so, yeah, so we had a good time. I think we're going to do demons too. Next time he comes over. That makes sense. Uh, and that's all I watched. Um, but before we started this segment, I forgot we do have a piece of f- feedback. Oh, well, you can we can read it now and then you can edit it back in earlier so that it seems like we did it on time. Or I can just leave all this here and you sound really stupid. Um, so Tracy from England <laughs> wrote us. It's oh. a hot. Hi to you all on podcast land. Thanks for producing quality episodes for your podcast. Oh. I, think, I think she meant to send this to somebody else. Yeah, she clearly hasn't listened to this one yet. So, no. um, I've recently changed career, retiring from teaching a job, from teaching to a job where I can listen as I work. So hopefully you can up the shows to two a week. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Getting I, one together is enough of a problem. I would love to put out two a week, but. I'm so impressed that our listeners are just like, oh, no, you guys do this just for me, right? I love that idea. <laughs> According to our downloads, yes. <laughs> um, I have loved the Drakenstein month. Hammer horror movies of Dracula, etc. Started my love of horror movies and my bedroom wall held posters of Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Oh. So I'm looking forward to your... <laughs> it says Peter Cushing. She... she either got auto-corrected changing <laughs> Peter Cushing's last name to Cushion, or she did it on purpose. And it's an inside joke that we don't understand, but, uh, my bedroom probably wall. Probably just because she wrote it in British English and you're uh, reading it in American English. So. That's right. That's right. Does it have a U in it that you don't understand? <laughs> yeah. It was some weird, like Mark over the top, a couple dots. <laughs> uh, and my bedroom wall held posters of Christopher Lee and Peter Cushion. So I'm looking forward to hear your Peter Cushion themed podcast. Uh, I'm rewatching Bram Stoker's Dracula. I recall not liking it in 1992, but I was pregnant at the time of watching it. So the baby scene and the fly maggot scene didn't impress. 30 years later, I'm pleased to say that I am now a fan and I've bought a digital copy. Cass is fantastic and Keanu is okay. As long as I don't think of him on some sort of excellent adventure. Um, <laughs> ooh, I like our like, listeners, Doug. <laughs> yep, shouldn't have said that. Uh, Doug, not all British people are weird, but I'm glad to say that I definitely am. Oh, so happy, uh, happy belated Halloween, and I agree with everything you said. Parentheses, mainly Doug's yelling. This is on your Halloween episode. Keep podcasting Tracy Ann from Cornwall, England. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for the feedback, Tracy. (laughs) And I I guess I should apologize again for just asking you guys if you wanted to record a Halloween podcast and then just yelling at you for an hour. (laughs) I was a little frustrated. It's like, Doug, I didn't make the movie. I'm agreeing with you. Calm down. (laughs) 
the thing is, it was a week between when I saw it and when we recorded that, too. <laughs> so imagine what I was like. I should probably apologize to my kid. I probably yelled at him for stuff he didn't do wrong. <laughs> like it wasn't my fault, Dad. It's like, that. ever since you went to see that movie, you're just in a dick mood. Well. <laughs> you know, I want to point out, Doug, for as much as you're talking about uh, big fit, Bigfoot movies, mm-hmm. I did send the group email a screener of a movie called The Wild Man. Yeah. My, Michael Paré takes on Bigfoot. Yeah. And you never watched it because you said that we were going to try to, to all watch it at the same time in order to discuss it on a show. But there was a, a block on when we could openly discuss it. So we were waiting for that time to pass. I don't think that was for this movie. I think it was for, uh, it's for the spirit Halloween movie, which we, none of us watched. No. Well, the real reason I didn't watch it is because for some reason, my, computer doesn't want to wirelessly cast to my new tv so i have to uh, buy a wire or watch it on the computer screen so gotcha but i also did think that we were planning to watch the bigfoot movie all at the same time oh well i apologize yeah you should can i, can I still watch it yeah. oh it looks like you can so i feel like it was like we weren't allowed to talk about it till december or something that's why we were putting it off no the release it, it's already like actually come out oh uh, and it says, well, it's a good thing though. This at the bottom says access, access to this page will expire on April 26, 2026. So oh, thank goodness we're getting to it now. <laughs> you got a couple of years to catch up to it. Actually, have you seen how long stuff sits on my to watch list? It's Lord. there's nothing guaranteeing that that'll uh, get watched by them. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. All right, next week, figure we, we got kind of heavy with all the drug stuff this week. Might need to lighten the mood up a little bit. So we're going to watch a couple of uh, high school comedies. What? Yeah. First one is going to be uh, the classic Scott Bayo 80s movie, Zapped. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the uh, more recent uh, superhero high school movie, uh, Sky High. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen either of these. So those, yeah. those are two movies that could not have any less in common with each nope. other. They both take place in high school, and that's pretty much about it. That's, I can already guess right now that Zapped has like really inappropriate comedy in it, but it's played off as like a family-friendly film because it's the 80s. Uh, well, Scott Bayo gets telekinesis, and let me uh, tell you, one of the first things he does is strip a woman's clothes off as she's walking down the hallway. So Right. Friendly family comedy from the 80s. Perfect. That's what I said. Yep. Perfectly normal. Perfectly fine. Oh, I think that's why I teamed him up, because he's pretty much got superpowers. And all the kids in Sky High have superpowers. So it should be interesting. One of them actually is a family-friendly movie with uh, two of the kids in the hall in it. And the other one is a Scott Baio movie who's a big trumper from the 80s. Raising memes! Sky High also has Bruce Campbell in it. So you can at least look forward to that, Doug. That's good. Okay. That makes me feel a little better. Yeah, it's got a lot of good people. Kurt Russell, 
I think Bruce I wanted Campbell. to see Sky High, and I just never got around to it. Yeah. What's What's this place that plays uh, Farva and uh, Super Troopers? Yeah. Uh, lots of good people in it. Sure. Is it, it is a little, uh, a little. Uh, I mean, it's made by Disney, so. Okay. But still fun. It's got a good soundtrack too. Yeah, I'll try to make my kid watch it. Yeah, he'd probably enjoy it actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there any other inappropriate uh, 80s comedies we should put on the list at some point? Uh, Phallus in Wonderland? <laughs> I think that's 90s. <laughs> you, I did. you seem like the expert on this. I have some stuff to add to the list, but since I can't use my keyboard right now, I haven't been able to add anything to the list. It's a real problem. Don't, don't tempt me. I watched the uh, This Is Gore documentary the other day, and I was like, you know what? I could just start slapping those one-hour Guar movies into that list. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow your your access got taken away. No, I don't know what happened. <laughs> there's not going to be a fucking Guar month. We all know that, okay? Just like let's just make that clear. I don't think I don't think there's enough. I think there's only like five of them. The good news is they're only an hour long. That's not, it's not helpful at all. I don't know why you think that that counts as good news. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.